Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. And welcome to Web Crawlers, a podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows? We might even solve the case. I'm Ali Siegel. And I'm Melissa Stetton. Details tonight in connection with a grim discovery at a downtown L.A. hotel. After the gruesome discovery of a woman's body inside one of the rooftop tanks. The body is at the bottom, six feet down. Three quarters of the tank is full. Surveillance video shows her acting oddly inside the hotel elevator. Police say the victim is most likely Elisa Lamb, a Canadian tourist who was last seen at the Cecil Hotel on January 31st. In this episode of Web Crawlers, we'll be talking about Elisa Lam and the history of the Cecil Hotel. Now, here's what you need to know. In 2013, the body of 21-year-old Canadian Elisa Lam was found in the rooftop water tank of the Cecil Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. The story became popular because of Elisa's odd behavior in the elevator surveillance video the night she went missing. Elisa was also bipolar and she had depression. She was prescribed Effexor, Wellbutrin, Lamictal, and Seroquel. During the time she was missing, the guests complained of low water pressure and discoloration. The maintenance worker went up to the roof on February 19th and they found her body floating face up. She had supposedly been in there for two weeks. 
The lid to the water tank was ajar. In order to get in the tank, you would have to squeeze through a tiny opening and go up another ladder to squeeze through it. The side of the tank had to be cut open to get her body out because the way she got in was through a very small opening. She was naked, her clothes were with her, and her cell phone was never found. The cause of death was determined to be an accident, but they changed it to could not be determined, but then a few days later they changed it back to an accident. The autopsy did not bother to process a rape kit because she was seen alone with no bruises, cuts, or signs of struggle. The blood test showed no alcohol, no GHB, or date rape drugs, but did include Welbutrin, Lamictal, the mood stabilizer, Effexor, Seroquel, Sudafed, Dexedrine, and Ibuprofen. The LAPD could not determine how she got on the roof or in the tank. Her parents' attorney concluded she stopped taking her medicine and her death was accidental and she got in the tank herself. The judge dismissed her parents' case against the hotel because it occurred in a place at the hotel where guests were not allowed. And now a little bit about the history of the hotel, which is steeped in murder and suicide. Richard Ramirez lived there in 1984 for a few weeks during one of his killing sprees. He would murder people and then come back to the hotel. The Black Dahlia was apparently at the Cecil Hotel in 1947, the night before she was murdered. The hotel was nicknamed the Suicide Hotel because there were at least 10 suicides. In 1931, a man ingested a poison capsule. In 1932, a guy shot himself. In 1934, a man slashed his throat with a razor. In 1937, a 25-year-old woman either fell or jumped from a ninth-story window. She got caught in the telephone wires and died later at the hospital. In 1940, a teacher ingested poison. In 1942, a guy jumped from the top. In 1950, a woman jumped and landed on top of the marquee. In 1962, a woman got into an argument with her boyfriend. She jumped from the window. She fell on top of a guy, and they both died. Then in 1975, a woman jumped from the top of the hotel. There were also a series of murders. In 1944, a 19-year-old woman awoke with stomach pains and then gave birth to a baby. Thinking the child was stillborn, she threw the baby out a window. The baby was unfortunately born alive. She was found not guilty because of insanity. In 1964, a woman was found in a hotel room beat, raped, and stabbed. In 1976, a 26-year-old man took a gun to the roof and fired into a nearby bank building. He was later arrested. All right, so let's talk about it. Let's do it. This story became like a viral meme because of Elisa's odd behavior in the elevator surveillance camera the night that she went missing. But essentially, she gets in the elevator, pushes the buttons, the door never closes. Never closes. Never closes. Then she gets out of the elevator, looks scared down the hall. Then she goes back in. She hides in a corner. The doors still never close. Then she pushes all of the buttons. The doors still don't close. Then she goes out into the hallway. It looks like she's like having a conversation with someone. Yeah. And she's making all these bizarre gestures with her hands. And then she gets back in. Still nothing happens. The doors don't close. She goes out into the hallway. Then finally she leaves. And then the doors close. And then they open and close and open and close again. And this was like a, what, two-minute-long video? 
Yes. It was very long. long. Um, There is like a minute in there missing from the time code. Yes. Which is no one can explain why. Yeah. There's a minute missing. And also the timestamp is like a little garbled. Yeah. And it's kind of sped up a little. Is what the official video that the police put out, it's like sped up like just like a teeny bit. Well, I've also, to play devil's advocate, heard that it was slowed down. (laughs) So, (laughs) what is happening? So, I don't want to give too much accurate information on this podcast, but I've heard also that it's slowed down. So, if you're listening, The video is either sped up or slowed down. It's not the right time. It's not the right time. It's (laughs) decide on your own. We work. Yeah, decide on your own. We work for the FBI, and something is not right with that video. And Mm -hmm. you also discovered you like found her Tumblr. It's still up. Her Tumblr's still up. Yeah. Stop it. Well, uh, yeah, it's like it's archived somewhere. Like it's you just Google it, and it's easily findable. Shut up. Yeah, she posted on well. She posted on a lot. She was very into like fashion and food and like. Cause this is back when like Tumblr culture was a thing. Right. Cause this was around 2012, 2013. That was like peak Tumblr. Peak Tumblr. Cause I found, you found she was posting Chuck Palahniuk quotes. Yeah. The top of her Tumblr said, you're always haunted by the fear of wasting your life, which I initially thought was like a no fear t-shirt quote. <laughs> yeah. But then I Googled, I'm like, oh, it's sure it's Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah. So you can tell the backdrop of this is like things are not great. Yeah. For Elisa Lamb. Yeah. In the headspace. She's not feeling great about her life. She was having manic episodes. She's having manic episodes. And her parents assumed that like because this trip to L.A. she was taking from Canada was like a last minute, most likely a manic episode. Yeah, so how did she get there? How did this she happen? She took the train. She took uh, the Amtrak from Vancouver to San Diego. She went to the zoo. Okay. She was posting photos uh, and texting her parents, like constantly, just photos. And she took the train to Los Angeles on January 26th. She checked into the Cecil, reserved a room for five nights. And the Cecil at that time was it's like a people live is. there. Yeah. People live there. People rent like you can rent it like hourly. Yeah, it's one it's of on those. Skid Row. It's, it's like a fourteen dollar yeah. a night hotel. It's well, a lot of the rooms are shared, so a lot of the rooms yes. it's kind of like a hostel. It's a hostel, so you have to share bathrooms with like I know a lot of different rooms share bathrooms, and it's yeah, it's a real den for like drugs, yeah. sex, yeah, sin, a lot of sin. There's a lot of sinning happening at this. So hotel. okay, so Lisa gets to the hotel. Um, she stayed in one of the shared rooms which was basically like a hostel. Yeah. But after two days, the people staying with her complained that she was acting strange, which no one ever specified what that meant. Also, like, if it's a hostel, your expectations are pretty low. Yeah. So if you're a roommate in a hostel... You gotta be doing something really weird. Like, I don't know if they just thought she was annoying and they wanted their own room, or it could have been, but no one ever, no one ever figured out what that meant. That's bad. And so she was moved to a different room. Uh, two days later, then on the 28th, the day she was moved to the room, she posted a Tumblr, my laptop screen is brighter than my future. That's so tight. Which is like, <laughs> that's funny for a 21-year-old to post that. Like, that's pretty good. She's pretty clever. So she had been calling and updating her parents every day. But on the 31st, two days after she moved rooms, she never called her parents. Interesting. She was last seen at... 
the last bookstore, which is like this amazing bookstore in downtown LA, she was buying, she bought like a bunch of books. That's weird because like, I mean, gifts. I'm sure she planned to read them. Yeah. Or people thought they were like gifts for her friends or her parents that she was bringing back. Um, but I told you one thing that I saw yeah. in a documentary I watched this morning was that the, okay, so on the website for the last bookstore, the address is right, but the zip code is wrong. And then the zip code is for the funeral home in Canada that Elisa Lamb ended up being buried at. Coincidence? Which makes no sense. That I makes think no not. sense. That's weird. Yeah. Also, someone the could have fucked with the website after. I don't know. Yeah. Because this became like, oh, I mean, maybe someone like Wikipedia, the website, because you can change yeah. that shit maybe. But I don't know. Who it knows? was crazy. Who knows? So her parents called the hotel. I find this weird. They said they saw her that day alone. Like, yeah, we saw her. She was alone. That's weird. Like a, an employee said that. Yeah. Why would you say that? Did Why she, would you just be? Oh, yeah, we saw her. Not like, oh, yeah, we saw her. She was alone. Wasn't she Wasn't she alone the whole time? yeah so why would they specify she was alone i don't know I, I have theories about this that we'll okay, get great. to uh so one week after she went missing on february 6th the police made flyers okay and no one saw anything and then on the 14th which is another week they released the surveillance footage of the elevator which mm. is from january 31st and there's also a video of around midnight before the elevator video of two men carrying boxes for her from the bookstore. That's weird. How many books did she I buy? I don't know. She must have bought a lot of books for someone to carry help you carry two books. boxes of books? I don't know. Was, and boys were carrying for her? Oh, you didn't hear that. I didn't realize I put in the notes. <laughs> yeah. I wrote, she's wearing basketball shorts in Literally, the video. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I, I, there was a reason I put that in there. Yeah, Melissa did all the research for this. And then there's a random note where Melissa wrote, she was wearing basketball shorts. It was I, so weird. Yeah, see, but there's a picture. She's wearing red basketball shorts. Oh, no, she's wearing she's a red wearing hoodie. A sweater. Why and did basketball I, shorts. I was like, oh, she might. Oh, no, I know why I did that. Okay, why? Because this is like kind of a sexist thing, I guess. I was like, oh, are those her shorts? Is she wearing a guy's shorts? Well, maybe she was wearing a guy's shorts. But then I was like, well, I play basketball and I wear those shorts. But I don't know. That just kind of came is interesting. Like, oh, like, I wonder if it's her, her aesthetic. What but like her- it didn't seem like her aesthetic because she's very into like fashion. Yeah, and, like, she has a Tumblr fashion blog thing. But she was wearing sandals and like a hoodie and basketball shorts. So maybe that's just like what she wears. That's interesting. I don't know. Mm. Hmm. I don't okay, know. so then they found the body. During the time she was missing, guests complain of like low water pressure and discoloration Ugh. in the water. But oh. if you look up on the internet, the discoloration, it's not like slightly murky. The water yeah. is dark brown. Yeah. Dark, dark brown. So then a matron, <laughs> maintenance no. worker went up on the roof and they found her body floating face up. And supposedly she'd been in there for two whole weeks decomposing into the water supply and into the coffee shop that everyone who worked in the building and everyone who was staying there had just been drinking, brushing their teeth, making all the food with for two weeks straight with just her decomposing water body. The water tank was half open. There's four tanks on the roof. And it's how did she A, squeeze into the tank? How did she get in there? And also she was naked. Right. right. Her clothes were found with her in the tank. So she had climbed you. Yeah, there was like a ladder, apparently, but it was a very narrow opening. To right. Like, because someone tried to do it on YouTube. Oh, really? And they were like, oh, it's really like you got to be really tiny to squeeze through. And the opening was very small. Yeah. 
So then she was naked, but her clothes were also in there. Yes. So either she got undressed, had her clothes with her, mm-hmm. and got in the tank, or she got in the tank and then took off all of her clothes yeah. in there. Either or someone put her in the tank and put her clothes in put there. Put her clothes in there and tried to hide her in there. Yeah. And her cell phone was never found mm-hmm. either. So the cause of death was initially an accident. On the 18th, it was changed to could not be determined. And then it was changed back to an accident. Yeah. The autopsy did not bother to process a rape kit because she was seen alone, which makes no sense. No. And there was no bruises, cuts, or signs of struggle. So they were like, it's not a rape. Yeah. People wonder why. Yeah. I don't, it's odd that they didn't do that. Yeah. I feel like you should always do that in the case of any kind of female murder, whatever. Blood tests, no alcohol, no GHB or date rape drugs. Wellbutrin, Lamictal, Effexor, Seroquel? Seroquel, yeah. Yeah. Like your note. My friend takes it. (laughs) It makes Um, her real sleepy. (laughs) But that's like, she was on Seroquel. It's, my friend takes it before she goes to bed and it makes her like super like tired and like oh is it like very out of it yes oh it's like when um tiger woods like drove on (laughs) ambien like you do weird stuff yeah i don't know if you do really weird stuff but i know it just makes you like just very like woozy and like oh that could explain her weird elevator behavior yeah also sudafed and she was on sudafed sudafed like fucks me that makes you crazy yeah benadryl even if i take one benadryl i'm like it's messed up yeah um dexedrine and ibuprofen and the LAPD could not determine how she got into the roof or onto the t- or into the tank. I know that there was some other big thing going on at the same time as this. It was that cop who, like a disgruntled cop, yeah, is sh- like it was like a special shot. Edu- someone like went on the run, and then they, he like barricaded himself in a house like somewhere like Northern California. Yes, it was a big shooting at the yes. time. Yes, Christopher Dorner. Yes, yes. So that was happening at the same time as the Elisa Lamb stuff. Yes. So people, I, I remember there was more attention to that than yep. there was this Elisa Lamb thing. Right. Yeah. So that was another reason people were like, oh, this didn't get investigated properly because people and they were like, we should reopen this Elisa Lamb case because it didn't get properly investigated. Yep. Yeah. They should Brendan Dassey this. (laughs) (laughs) That's my goal for every episode. Brendan Dassey this. this. Um, So the and then the judge dismissed the parents. The parents sued the hotel for like wrongful death or something like negligence. Yeah. But they dismissed the case because they couldn't really prove. Yeah, because I wonder what the responsibility what is at the hotel. I'm sure a lot of shit happened in that hotel. Yeah. Um, her friend, Elisa's friend, received a postcard right before she died. Okay. This was a picture that was posted on Facebook, but it was like posted in like square mode. So you can't read the whole postcard. Like it says, you can get it is creeping me, Ryan Gosling, drive pilgrimage places you can. Lots of love, Elisa. Which I'm assuming that because she was obsessed with Ryan Gosling in the movie Drive on Tumblr, she wrote that she wanted to come to L.A., do like a drive pilgrimage, go to like all the places where they shot the movie. When drive did Drive at. come out? Drive came out in 2011. So she was like obsessed with that. That's so. So she loved My Chemical Romance. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling in the movie Drive. Yeah. But something in the postcard where it says, it is creeping me. We don't know what that. Something's creeping her out. But we don't know what is creeping her. It out. always scares me when you get a postcard and then like 
posthumous posthumously 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 um okay so this leads us to different theories that we have and we have different ones um a lot of theories a lot of theories first one is that she climbed into the tank and couldn't get out maybe on purpose or was sleepwalking i mean clearly she was like kind of out of it from the elevator tape maybe she right was having like a manic episode. Maybe she was like all her, the drugs were interacting and she's like, do, 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 I'm going to walk up to the roof and I'm going to go swimming. Hallucinate or. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't really know, but no, maybe that's something that can happen. This is a theory that you just added. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I added two theories this morning. Is she talking to the ghost of Richard Ramirez? I think possible. I it's- think that because I'm big on ghosts and Satanists. <laughs> And Satan and cults. Hi, I'm Allie. I'm big on I'm ghosts. I'm big on ghosts. That's my Tinder bio. But I think that maybe the ghost of Richard Ramirez is haunting the the hotel. It for sure is haunting the hotel. It's haunting the hotel. And I think that maybe Richard... Because it said the, all the body language experts are like, she's talking to someone. Right. She's being like sensual. It looks like she's flirting or something like weird like that. It looked like she was like playing hide and seek with someone. Being playful or so. Yeah. The word was playful that all the body language experts use. I think Richard Ramirez is hot in my opinion. (laughs) So I think that maybe the ghost of Richard Ramirez was doing some like some weird voodoo on her. Yeah. was doing something weird to her and then led her up to the water tank and ended up killing her. Yeah. I don't know because all that elevator stuff is weird. It's I remember watching that for the first time in like in 2013. I was like four in the morning. I was like, what's on the Internet? And I could not sleep. Yeah, it was creepy. It's crazy. So maybe she was, was like creepy. talking to someone in the room and then her the people who were staying in the hostel with her were like, we want another room like yeah. Elisa's being weird. Or maybe Elisa was getting into witchcraft. I don't know. This is just a road that I'm going down, but I think that the ghost of Richard Ramirez maybe killed her. Because she clearly she clearly was doing like weird shit for the people in her room to be like, uh, we don't want to stay with this girl anymore. She's doing weird shit. Right. Like And also what books did she buy at the last right. bookstore? Maybe we she don't bought know. witchcraft Satan books. books. Maybe she bought witchcraft, witchcraft. and Satan books. Okay, what's the next one? Um oh, okay. So the door to the roof was supposedly locked and only accessible by staff with a key. Weird. But a guy went there um, after her death, and he debunked it, but he easily got to the roof. So okay, that's so like, scrap it. So scrap that. Thanks for wasting our time, Alyssa. Sorry. Okay, so <laughs> this one is my favorite one. Legit. Okay, so there is something called the Invisible Light Agency that's based out of the hotel, and it's a sinister elite cult, and it's led by this guy, Anthony Vu, who also works at a government agency called Raytheon Missile Systems, which is a government subsidy subsidy agency, okay? And he's secretly working out of the Cecil, and apparently they're working on invisibility cloaks. She, okay, on her Tumblr, she posted a reference to Harry Potter about invisibility cloaks. Yes, and then also (laughs) she tweeted on January 12th an article about invisibility cloaks. I mean, that's not a coincidence. That's not a coincidence. So apparently what the theory is is that this like company, this secret government agency saw that she had an interest in invisibility cloaks and that also that she was super depressed and Mm. that she like... was you know maybe a candidate for suicide right so they wanted to test their invisibility cloaks on her and it worked and so they and also they had 
Okay, this goes to another thing. So they <laughs> they took her, they lured her out to the Cecil Hotel, and who she's talking to in the elevator is someone in an invisibility cloak. Oh, right. That makes sense. And then also one of the goals of the Invisible Light Agency is to do like terrorism. Right. And so they wanted to spread TB. Uh-huh. And that leads us to the TB. Right. Thing, so which they, is so weird to me. Yeah. So to wrap it up, the Invisible Light Agency used their invisibility cloaks to lure Elisa Lamb up to the water tower and kill her and spread TB, which leads us to the TB thing, which you can explain now. Okay. So there's this test for testing if you have TB. It's called the Lamb Elisa. Yeah, that's how you test for TB. Google it. It's real. And around the exact same time that Elisa Lamb was There's killed, a huge there tuberculosis was a huge outbreak. TB outbreak on Skid Row, right yep. where the Cecil Hotel is. Yep. And they used the Lamb Elisa test to test the TB. Why? So maybe <laughs> she never existed and her name is a distraction to avoid the Google results for Lamb Elisa and for people to avoid seeing that there was a gigantic tuberculosis outbreak in 2013. And that this invisible light agency has invisibility cloaks it's all connected it's all connected okay so anyways <laughs> that's that's my favorite one that's, of all of them there oh yeah okay i i've recently found okay you know, and you have a real estate one that could be this one i just came across like a few days ago i didn't know it existed um so a big real estate deal was happening with herb chase and he is the owner and the, ma- the manager of the cecil okay there was a press release going out where Herb Chase was doing this deal with this like big real estate company. People working at the hotel found her dead body. And Herb was like, we can't have this coming out. I'm doing a big deal with this real estate group. So we need to like get rid of her body. Right. I'm assuming the employees like or whoever's working at the hotel like put her body in the water tank so they couldn't find it. So was the so is the idea though that she killed herself? Yes. So the employees and the people who own the hotel wanted that elevator footage to get out to show, oh, she's crazy. Oh. She killed herself. And then they put her in the water tank. And they they put her in the water tank to avoid um any negative press. But I feel like that doesn't make sense to me because <laughs> it made sense when I read it <laughs> yeah. at the time. Now I'm thinking back, I'm like, like, wait a minute. Putting her in the water tank would be bad press for the hotel. Well, I think they didn't want they didn't her to be found. To they didn't expect the her. Water. Yeah, they didn't expect her to be found so soon. <laughs> yeah, they're hoping to close that deal first. This made sense at the time. Yeah, they wanted to get that money first. Hey, I have a theory. Oh, that's our producer Maria, who's got a theory of her own. Okay, so I while you guys were talking, I looked online. And I just, when you said she liked Ryan Gosling, you know, something sparked in me and went, wow, what a cool road to go down. So then she loved Drive, you said. So then I thought to myself, well, isn't there that scene in that elevator in Drive where with Carrie Mulligan? Because you said that she wanted to do a tour of L.A. What? A Drive tour of L.A. So I looked <gasps> up oh my God, oh my God. The, the elevator scene in Drive and he pushes Carrie to the corner. <gasps> what? What? To kiss her. Watch. So he looks at her. Oh my God. <laughs> she goes into the corner like that, right? 
and she goes into the corner. Now it's a small thing. And now this no, could be nothing, right? No, it's something. But then when you go to her <laughs> elevator thing, it looks like she's stopping the elevator. She goes in the elevator and she goes to stop it to go. I want to perform the scene for yeah. myself. And then basically she pushes all the buttons and goes into the corner like that and closes her eyes. Oh my God. I'm saying that Ryan Gosling is under the invisibility cloak. <laughs> Anyway, so you I don't know. I'm just saying. That's interesting. I don't know. Now she goes like in and out, and I don't know if she's replaying the scene in her head here and doing because then he beats up this guy. All I'm saying oh, is it would right. make sense that if she was doing a drive tour of LA and she she was on an empty floor in a hotel where she went, no one's around, and I want to play out this fantasy of Ryan Gosling kissing me in an elevator. This is why you're our producer. <laughs> That's great. That's really good. This is detective breaking. work. Breaking news. Wow. So now when we go to the Cecil, we have to recreate the kissing scene. Oh my God, yes. I'll be Ryan Gosling. <laughs> you be Carrie Mulligan and we'll make out in the elevator. Oh my God. Only available on our Patreon. Only on Patreon. <laughs> um, okay, now you also watch Dark Water, the oh my movie, God. which is another weird oh. correlation. Oh my God. That wa- It's, first of all, it's not a great movie. Okay, so that's it's the most really, important thing. Oh my god! <laughs> First of all, it's a bad movie. I think I spent like a dollar ninety nine on Amazon to watch this, oh, but it's it. weird. So okay, it's so yeah. um, a mom and a daughter. The daughter's named Cecilia. That's weird. Cecilia weird. Cecil Hotel. They move into a scary apartment building in. It's in New York, and the water has hair coming out of it. In the abil- and dark. it's like gross and it's gross. It turns water. It turns like weird colors. And the elevator has like the guy who's like monitoring it. Like there's always like weird shit happening in the elevator, and like it always closes the doors on its own. And like it'll go up to like this the rooftop. And floor. it happened. This movie was made before. Yeah, the whole Lisa Lamb thing happened. Yes, way before it. Um, and they eventually they find a dead girl in the water tank. And so, so- dark water is a movie about a girl named Cecilia who moves into a hotel with her mom Mm -hmm. and crazy shit is happening in the elevator. Like the The girl is speaking to her like, be my friend, come play with me, like through like the water taps and stuff. The water's turning dark and then a dead girl ends up in the water tower. Mm -hmm. And then years later at the Cecil Hotel, weird shit's happening in the elevator. The water turns dark, and then Elisa Lamb ends up in the water yeah, tower. Yeah, and this movie's from 2005. It's not, I mean, it's not a great movie. I that's <laughs> like what that's your takeaway from it. It's not a good movie. I was, like, expecting it to be, ooh, a scary movie with Susan I wonder Jennifer. if we could find out if Elisa Lamb ever rented or saw the movie Dark Water, or if she's ever mentioned the movie Dark Water on oh, her Tumblr or Facebook or anywhere. that's a good thing, too. Yeah, that's like a big theory that people are like, holy shit, this is dark water. Because maybe it's in, maybe whatever happened is influenced from this movie. Maybe. That would be crazy. So now, like you said, we wanted to go, but it's being renovated. And it's going to have a rooftop pool, which I find very dark. In the future, once it opens again, we should go to that rooftop pool. Definitely. Sport our bikinis. They're planning to open it as like, like they're a- going to have shared rooms okay. again, okay. which they're going to market it as like a hostel, but also like a hotel and like a long-term residence, which is kind of what it is now. Right. But I guess they're just going to make it. Well, they, but they, it's still on Skid Row, yeah? Yeah, but apparently that area is like getting better. And I, I looked at the um, the Google um, 
the Google guy where you put the Google guy. Where do you, how do you see Street I View? No fucking idea. I still Street View. I looked at Street View. Okay, yeah. And there's a restaurant next door called Meatzilla. Oh, fine. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay, well, really... in a few months, you and I will go to Meatzilla. Yeah. And check out the pool at the Cecil and see what's going on there. Yeah. Because wait, if it's a rooftop pool. Then that means the water towers are going to be yeah. Like, right where are they just going to have right? the water tanks out there and like a pool? Like, there's where that girl died. Like, how are you gonna? What are you gonna? That's crazy. Oh my god! Wait, I just remembered one other thing that I read. Okay, so apparently on the water tank, and then I'll wrap it up. On the water tank, there was something in Pig Latin. Yes. Do you know what I'm talking yes. about? Yes. Yeah, in Pig Latin, someone wrote like, "I'm finished with her now." Yeah. And it's like pretty prominent, like in all the photos they show of the water tank. It's just like this big sign of like in like pink writing. And pig Latin. Pig Latin. Is used in Satanist cults, they said, which I don't know if that's true. Like I can't imagine (laughs) Satanist talking in pig Latin, but that's apparently like a thing. Yep. I saw that too. Yeah. Crazy. So Melissa, we've covered this from several angles. We've sleuthed. What is your verdict? I actually think she was murdered by an employee at the hotel. I think someone saw her being vulnerable. Right. And I think they took advantage of her, accidentally killed her or did it on purpose. And then they hid the body in the water tank because they work there. And, and they're like, to cover it up. Yeah. They're like, no one goes up there. Like, we'll just put it in the water tank and... And that would make sense because they would know how to not make the alarm system go off. Exactly. And they know about like the testing, how to like wait enough time so that there's not the date rape drug yep. in her system. Yep. 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 So on and so forth. Yep. So and what, from what we've learned, the types of people who are at that hotel oh, are yeah. shady and there's a history of the employees being a little bizarre. All true facts. Yeah. So I think what that that's you, my conclusion. Uh, no, what? I think I think oh, you the same agree? thing. Yeah, at first I thought it was the ghost of Richard Ramirez, <laughs> but from what I've learned... Co- totally could have been. <laughs> from what I've learned, I've deviated a little bit. Yeah. Because it would make sense if maybe she was drugged and then did that bizarre behavior in the elevator and then someone was in the hall talking to her and they knew where to stand in order to avoid the security cameras. Yep. And then she was murdered either purposefully or accidentally and then hidden away. Yep. Glad we agree. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And now we're going to talk to David Ferrier. He is the director of the documentary Tickled and Netflix's Dark Tourist. He actually stayed at the Cecil Hotel while Elisa's body was inside the water tank. And he may or may not have drank the water. Oh my, my name's David Ferrier and I'm a journalist from New Zealand. I remembered that you mm. and I had a conversation about the Cecil Hotel. You said you were there around the time all of this was happening. Yeah, I was. I, I realized after the fact, and probably like a year afterwards, because a friend was talking about sort of the haunted history of the Cecil and then about this amazing story of this person being in the water tank. And I was like, oh, my God, I think I stayed at that hotel because it had a different name then, didn't it? It's um, what's it called now? It's not the Cecil. It's something it's else. It's called the Stay on Main. That's yeah, a Stay on Main But now. it's actually closed again for renovation. Right, they're turning it into apartments or something, aren't yes, they? Yes, with a pool on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you serious? Yeah, they're yes. trying to lux it up. <laughs> Love we'll to go uh, ahead, swim there, hang out. <laughs> but I checked, um, yeah, I checked the dates um, after the fact, and I was there like the second week of her being in the tank. Oh my god, David! <laughs> I, I also do this thing. I also do this thing, which I know a lot of Americans don't do, but I guess in New Zealand, tap water is really fine to oh, drink and really healthy to drink. Don't. Assume everyone no. else, everywhere else in the world is exactly like New Zealand. And so no. whenever I'm in America, I'll drink from the tap all the time. New York so- has good tap water. That's true. The Cecil Hotel doesn't. Did you drink it while you were there? Yeah, I drank daily. I was there for three oh nights. Oh, my God. I drank it daily. Um, I drank it when I woke up. I drank a cup. Um, I had a cup, as always, by the bed um, while I go to sleep. It's sort of an OCD thing that I have to have water ready in case I wake up. Oh, like, I do the same thirsty. thing. Same thing. And so I drank a lot of water. I'd, I'd say I probably, over my three nights at the Cecil, probably drank about probably like 15 cups of Cecil. Oh did it taste Did it taste bad? Did it come out of the faucet weird or anything? No, the thing was, because I, I researched this a lot afterwards, obviously, and people that stayed there around that time started complaining about off-color water, and it was visibly, there was an issue with the water, right. which is how they found the body. But no, it was fine. I mean, it tasted, it didn't taste great. It didn't taste <laughs> great. I hate this so much. <laughs> but it wasn't, you know, I'm not a crazy person. If water tastes off, I'm not going to keep drinking it. But it, it wasn't <laughs> great water, but it wasn't enough that it made me think I'm going to go and get some bottled water. Right, today. it was just fine. Right. So wow. I kept drinking it. And, <laughs> and I was looking at the dates, actually, before you called. I was looking at the dates. I was there... So the body was in the tank from the 31st of January 2013 to Feb 19th. And I was there in the second week of February. So Oh, right in the middle. Right in the middle. So maybe the discoloration of the water happened, you know, like closer to finding the body. You know, I I don't really know much about the science of body decomposition, but maybe the body suddenly got really 
you know, dispersed into the tank. And yeah, the so water the water must have been great. Away. It was totally fine for you to drink it. <laughs> Why did you stay there in the first place? Why yeah, that so hotel? I, at the time, I was working as a sort of light entertainment reporter for this tiny TV channel in New Zealand. And I was just always trying to get to Los Angeles because I love Los Angeles. And there was some sort of video game release or something. Um, it wasn't E3 because E3 is later in the year. It was something before E3. But there was an event on that I wanted to get to, New, uh, to from New Zealand to Los Angeles for. And as usual, I'd go to my news boss and I'd pull up a little budget. And the cheaper the budget was, the more likely I'd be able to get New Zealand money to travel to Los Angeles. And so I did what I always did. And I went to whatif.com. Um, I don't know if people still use what if. Do you remember what if? No, I've never no. heard of this. What is it? It's like, it's like a travel site. If you're a bit on the cheap, you're like, because I guess the idea is like, what if I could go to somewhere amazing and afford it? And oh, so yeah. you type in where you want to go and it gives you like the cheapest options for that place. Oh, amazing. And so because I wanted to be in downtown Los Angeles, which I'd heard was a very up and coming area. Like oh, sure. That's what they've been saying for 20 years. <laughs> I searched, I searched for uh, downtown Los Angeles and I clicked the thing on price. So it gave, it gave me the cheapest options. And I think the stay on Maine wasn't the cheapest, but I think it was like the third cheapest. And I looked at the pictures and the outside of it looks very majestic. And oh very, yeah. It looks very cool outside. Beautiful. So I booked in for three nights and I took that budget to my producer and in New Zealand and they said, you know, this looks affordable. Um, you can go. And so I went to Los Angeles for these three nights to cover the story and I was shooting it myself. Yeah, the, the minute I arrived, I knew that it wasn't it wasn't the dreamy place I'd imagined. Did you have the- to share a bathroom, like a hostel type thing? No, I didn't. Some of the rooms I remember you could share had like a shared bathroom. I was in like a standalone room so I had my own um, my own bathroom that was just for me but I just remember you know like sometimes when you lie down on a hotel bed you just know it's not a very good bed and this one I kind of almost sank into with the mattress was so soft sank into it and I remember that classic thing of a bad hotel where like the sheets were discolored Ew, uh, no. <laughs> there were, I saw there were cockroaches in the room. Every stereotype of room. bad room. There were cockroaches there. And also, I never got hot water out of the shower. It was always cold. Well, was I wonder brown? why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And it had a lot of blood in it. No. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was pure it was, blood and hair. It was just blood. I mean, the weird thing about this is I have to keep reminding myself, like, it's a really sad story what happened. But it's also like it's so easy to joke about it because it's such a it's so dark. You kind of have to laugh, don't you? About yeah. the whole, like Wait, a body you- in a tank dispersing water to all those rooms and all those people showering in it. It's crazy. It's It's horrible. Did you research the hotel at all before you got there? Because, I mean, there's a history of over, what, 60 murders and suicides and Richard Ramirez stayed there. Like, literally, the first Google result is Richard Ramirez (laughs) Hotel Suicides. And you're like, like, sounds great. (laughs) This is going to sound really naive, but I didn't know any of that going into it. I did a basic... I must have... I'm trying to think what I did in 2013. Like, what if had reviews of the hotel and they were like your typical review of like a sort of low end hotel? That was some right. people were like, we had a great time there. It's affordable, not great, but affordable. And other people said things like, 
I'm never going to stay here again. But no one mentioned um, any of the murders or the history or anything like that. Uh, I only found out about that afterwards. But I guess the the thing that left an impression on me before I knew about the history was just walking into the lobby. Just the people in there were like really – they were oddballs and very – it didn't feel safe. Like there were a lot of people just loitering that seemed like not great people. Just, just, just the feeling of who they were and how they were dressed and what they were doing. And I just think that it just had a bad vibe right from the get go. Interesting. The energy was yeah. off. It's, it's awful, isn't it? And it's, I guess there's just enough information out there that makes it so easy to theorize about different things. Because the detail I found interesting about it is that all her clothes were in there. Right. So it's like either she – I mean, and that plays into a thing of did she fall – like did she get in there in her drug-induced mania and take her clothes off after the fact? Or was she disposed of in there with everything? But the fact her clothes were in there as well, it's just such a strange detail. It's very weird. None of it makes sense. And there's no like clear theory no. on what happened. Do you have no. any hypothesis or anything like that? Are you interested uh, I mean, in the case having stayed at the hotel? I mean, I just think, I mean, I, I think that looking at the number of strange people I came across during those three days, whether it was in the lobby or in the hallways, I mean, I feel like she was out of her mind on something, either just mentally she had some sort of breakdown or was some sort of, obviously, some sort of drug-induced um, situation going on. I think probably someone else in the hotel murdered her. That just seems to be... Because mm-hmm. from what, I, what I've read, like it's not possible for a person to sort of get into that tank on their own. Like, right, everything's it's very heavy. To lift, lift it up. So I feel like she was probably murdered and disposed of because honestly, that hotel was just full of... As I say, it was it was not a good vibe in that place. So I would say murder, but then also people talk and it's surprising that nothing solid has come out about this. It's funny when, you know, when... Uh, we were toying when we were making this this dark tourist show. We toyed with doing the Cecil as a topic, you know, just you know, here's this hotel that people go to stay at just because all these awful things happen there. And we pressed into that a little bit, but yeah, the management there just made it impossible. It was it was pretty clear instantly that that there'd be legal issues, and that's why I'm so I'd I'd love to watch a documentary on that place. Um, but obviously, there's a lot of whoever owns it now certainly doesn't want that being uh, spread too too widely. Yeah. So with Dark yeah. Tourist, you obviously have an interest in this kind of realm of bizarre. Where did that come from? I think I just grew up obsessed with the X-Files. It was that simple. <laughs> like, oh, like, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who didn't? I mean, I'm 36. So that kind of hit at a time when I was at um, like high school and... We'd, I just remember, like, you'd watch that show at night, and then the next day, it's like all we'd talk about at school was the X Files. It was like the X Files and um, and South Park, pretty much at our school. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was just from that, just this idea that um, the world was just full of reasonably like dark, crazy things and mysteries to solve. And I grew up in a super conservative Christian house, and I guess that where everything was like everything's great and everything's roses, and that alternative idea. Um, of things being really potentially bleak and scary and strange like really appealed to me. And so, yeah, that's why obviously working on Dark Tourist was a lot of fun. Um, but I think everyone's got a bit of that. I mean, you just look at how many, how many views the video has that the police released of this case and people are just, 
obsessed with sort of the darker side of life, I think, and just those kind of mysteries. It just really engages with a certain part of all of us, I think, which is, I know, I think it's part of all of us. That video has like, I don't know, 10 million views, but it's it's like the last moments of her life. It's like seeing watching videos of people like right before they die. It's It's creepy. Like it's a thing that like I like to watch. I don't know what that is in Sick me. Out. <laughs> Where I like to, I like if the video is like this is disturbing. Do not watch. I will watch it. I'm just like curious. Yeah, I think just vicariously, we just want a sort of little insight into death. I think it's just this weird, appealing thing. And to watch someone, I guess, in their final moments, it is, it is. You just you can't help but be drawn to that in a weird way. And I think, as you said earlier, the police, you know, saying things like we want to maintain privacy in that, and yet they put that video out there onto the internet. Um, or at least yeah. release it and let someone else put it on there. It's pretty, I mean, it's a pretty, you're watching something that feels quite personal that you shouldn't be watching really. Right. And as you say, it's got, it's got tens of millions of views. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a found footage horror movie that's real. So it's, it, it becomes a form of entertainment, even though as we discussed, it's a hugely, it's someone's life we're watching. So it's, it's a weird dichotomy. Yeah, and there's so many – I mean, it's just such a strange video to watch because it's not just someone getting into an elevator, but it's – she's just – her behavior is so bizarre, and it's, it's those things of her, like, looking incredibly paranoid outside the doors like someone or something is following her. It's that kind of stuff that starts tripping your imagination, and, you know, you sort of watch it a few times, and it sort of feels like you pick up new details every time. And then for someone like me that ended up – you know, drinking 16 cups of, <laughs> it's just, it's the, it's so bleak. Like it's so bleak. And did you ride the elevator? I did. Yeah. I was in the elevator. Um, did- I don't know. I can't recall whether there was only one or whether there were two elevators in there, but I was definitely in an elevator that looked exactly like that elevator that she was in. So I assume it could be the same one. Did it function okay for you? <laughs> it was, it was fine. Like, <laughs> The, the, the best thing about that hotel was the elevator. It was really, really fantastic. Um, the doors opened quickly and shut quickly. That was probably the most impressive thing about that entire hotel, to be honest. You should leave that as a Yelp review. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, there were cockroaches in my room, but the elevator was very fast. <laughs> I didn't have to wait at all. <laughs> I'm super curious, yeah, what sort of people move in there when these new sort of high-end sort of boutique apartments yeah open. who's gonna how much are they gonna sell for and who's gonna move in there i'll i'll get i'll get an apartment there fuck it <laughs> what, is, what is that part of downtown los angeles like like is that sort of cool now or is it still quite mm, derelict no. no i think it's near skid row yeah skid row it's not a very safe it's not a place you go to hang out it's not like the arts well, that's, district that's the other thing that was the trip where <laughs> I also like walk everywhere and I was in New Zealand. It's like quite safe to walk, but I went on a night, went on a little night walk. Oh no. <laughs> and ended up, ended up wandering. And I was in like flip flops and jandals. Oh my God. Uh, which are, I know they're a disgusting form of footwear, but it's what yeah. we're doing. <laughs> and I flip flops. And that's when I, I guess that was my first realization that, you know, Los Angeles has a lot of, um, a lot of problems and it, it's pretty tragic, but I just remember suddenly. Things were kind of fine, and then suddenly you're just there. Yeah. And I realized pretty quickly that that wasn't a, a great place to be. Um, I didn't run into any problems, but I did stumble down uh, at about probably about 11 o'clock in Skid Row in shorts and jandals, <laughs> um, which, was, which was incredibly stupid. 
But that was another part of that memorable Cecil experience. Well, another thing is around that time, there was a tuberculosis outbreak. Right. Do you know about this? (laughs) (laughs) I don't need any more revelations about that trip. You're going to die. Okay, so the there was a tuberculosis outbreak, and the test that they used for testing tuberculosis was called the Lamb ELISA. Like it stands for something, some acronym of something. But that's like a theory that people are like going nuts about. Oh, that is that is bonkers. It's that's... a weird coincidence. Yeah, one oh, of the theories uh, is that there, Elisa Lamb was a test subject for tuberculosis, and that's how she died, and that the the test is called the Lamb Elisa because of that. Well, I could see how like your Reddit theorists could get obsessed with something like that. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, so you're lucky that you dodged TB on your night hike, your sandal night hike. But also you in your show, Dark Tourist, which I, I've watched all the episodes. It's very great. You, oh, thank you. You went to the, you went to like by the Fukushima plant and you jumped in that water that supposedly has like nuclear particles in it. Are you afraid that you're going to have a children with 10 arms <laughs> and drinking this water? Yeah, Have you been probably, to the doctor lately? Yeah, I should probably stay away from water, I think. Just <laughs> but no, I think probably like the one thing in that show that I regret doing was sort of stuff with water, like nuclear sort of water as far as swimming in it. That was very much a moment of, you know, it was sort of pressure to just do something a little bit interesting because it had been a sort of a story that there wasn't a lot unfolding and it just seemed like a swim was like the right thing to do. Plus, we'd been given a lot of vodka by our guide during the day and it was like quite hot and jumping in a lake just seemed like a good scene and seemed appealing and seemed interesting and so we did that but that's definitely the thing afterwards that I sort of think you know will I regret that in 20 years time and I'm sure it'll be fine but um, as with all things nuclear like what you don't want is like little particles like sticking inside your body so I didn't swallow any water. I learned from the Cecil. I no, no, no water ingested. Yeah, that was probably a little bit silly doing that. Don't swim in nuclear water and don't drink water from downtown Los Angeles hotels. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just shocked you're still alive at this point. <laughs> yeah. Give me years. We've got this joke in the team, like we're all going to have like a little dark tourist um reunion in 20 years time when we're all like riddled with cancer and in wheelchairs um <laughs> on our way out so that's going to be our reunion time so what are you are you doing a, a new season of dark tourist or what are you working on next we're figuring it out at the moment what we're doing next we're kind of like if we ever did it again i think we'd want the whole same team together again so we're all kind of busy on other things at the moment i'm kind of working on another documentary at the moment sort of in the early stages of that so are we allowed to know what the new documentary is or is it hush hush it's it's kind of hush hush at the moment which is such a boring answer but it's um it's another i suppose it's like another investigation a little bit like what tickled was like a a bit like what you guys are doing like just a bit of a deep dive into a a weird internet thing tickled was one of my favorite documentaries of all time it is fan it's it is so amazing. amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it was um the trouble with Tickled is it was such a like a lucky story to stumble on that right. I know I'll never get something that good again. <laughs> like, <laughs> as a journalist it was like the dream thing at the dream time to find and I just know that sort of that level of sort of madness will never strike again. But it's cool. It's it's cool having it out there. And there's still people that get in touch with me that have sort of just discovered it because it's, you know, it's it's sitting on various streaming services. And 
people are discovering it now and they've got new stories about David D'Amato or new stories about that world that they'll message in with. So there was just someone um, a couple of months ago that um, had kept all their letters they'd got from Terry Tickle. Oh, no. Desperately um, wanting tickling videos. And this guy explained this really interesting story where he was having a really difficult time um, at school. And so he went to the school guidance counselor and David D'Amato was really helpful to him in getting through his issues. But at that exact time he was being canceled, counseled by David D'Amato, he started getting letters from Terry Tickle wanting um, tickling videos. So oh while in real God. life, D'Amato was like helping him with this problem. D'Amato was like rushing home and like writing yeah, his letters oh as like a 16 year old, like hottie and oh. mailing this, this boy trying to get him to make tickling videos. And That's he still so had all horrible. the letters. So. There's still stories that like keep coming up and people getting in touch. So that's still, that, that's kind of fun when that happens. And it's also for those people that they kind of get a little bit of, of closure on this sort of weird thing that happened that they could never explain. So that's kind of neat. <laughs> yeah. Where can people watch Tickled if they want? What streaming services is it on? I think in America it's on HBO Go. I think it's sitting there. And I think rest of the world it's sitting on uh, Netflix. And what about Dark Tourist? That is on um, worldwide on Netflix. Thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. No, it's a pleasure. Sorry I couldn't be there in person. It'd be cool to catch up with you guys down the line. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. Bye. Good luck writing. And now we're going to talk to Jake Anderson, who's the author of Gone at Midnight, The Mysterious Death of Elisa Lam. My name is Jake Anderson. I've been researching this case for about five years, so I got quite a bit to say, but I'll let you ladies lead the way. You said you want the documentary to answer the question, is it a true crime mystery, a profile of mental illness, a paranormal investigation? What is your leading theory? It's certainly both a uh, profile of mental illness, and I, I think there's some uh, some form of criminal negligence involved. Um, I can't right. go so far to say that it's homicide at this point. Uh, that's certainly possible. The paranormal angle we can get into. Uh, right. <laughs> I have uh, I actually run a, a paranormal site, but it's more of like a balance of skepticism. You know, there's just a lot of new interesting research going on about uh, the relationship between consciousness and the universe that I think is usually not brought up in some of the more esoteric conversations about paranormal activity. But the short answer to your question is that it's kind of all three. Interesting. Wow. How did you initially come across the case and what interested you about it? you know, in terms of other cases, what kind of stood out to this one for you? This was my introduction to true crime. I've always had kind of like a morbid mind, you know, researching serial killers and stuff like that. Oh my God, you're like Melissa. Melissa loves that stuff. Yeah, this was kind of the first case when I saw that elevator video, I was like, oh my God. And then I just took a deep dive into it. And then just- Yeah, the elevator video is what set off most people. And part of it was when I first watched it, I was like, why is this video, why are people so obsessed with this video? Obviously, it had to do with the fact that she was missing at that point. But the video itself is blurry. It's pixelated. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not a lot happens. Uh, Quite frankly, her behavior is not as bizarre as a lot of people would say. I mean, I act like that all the time. Uh, (laughs) and, and And some of her hand movements are very clearly something called psychomotor agitation, which is a symptom of bipolar disorder, which she had, in which, uh, you know, I read all of her 
subsequently read all of her blogs and documented all that. But to stick with the videotape, I, I think the surveillance video uh, triggers an anxiety in people. I think it has to do with, uh, obviously, it's just a creepy piece of video and, you know, trying to anticipate what was going on in that hallway. Clearly, she felt uh, pursued by something. But was it in her head? Was there someone out in the hall? Was she feeling the spirit of Richard Ramirez who lived on that exact hallway when he oh, same floor. stayed at the Cecil Hotel? Yeah. And, and Jack Hunterweger, the second serial killer who lived there, lived uh, only one floor down. More importantly, those upper floors of the Cecil Hotel are reserved for full-time residents. Right. So it's unclear as to why she was even up there to begin with. Well, I'll return to why I think the surveillance tape is so interesting later. But uh, That's what kind of sparked your interest in the first place? That, that's of course that's that's what I mean that that was the trigger without that surveillance tape this this would first, I mean this was a unique internet based phenomenon to begin with mm. uh, Nancy Grace Nancy Grace none of the talking heads on TV were interested in this case this was it this was internet and it was because of the surveillance and um, I think it speaks to a certain anxiety about the fact that our final moments could be captured and streamed for millions of people to watch, I think triggers a kind of anxiety in people. It's like the original found footage horror movie. Yeah. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, there's some, we got to get into some of the conspiracy theories because (laughs) that's part of, part of the case that intrigued me the most is what I can only call certain kind of pathological delusion that's come out in certain conspiracy theorists that I've talked to personally yeah. in their interpretations of the case. There, there are people that believe it was actually a snuff film. Really? Oh, I Let's haven't get into heard that. that. No, love it. Yeah. Well, not love it's, it. But, it's, you know yeah. I, mean? <laughs> I haven't heard that. Too. Snuff, heard snuff that. film is so awesome. No, no yeah. I hadn't heard that before. Really? Yeah, no, I, there's there's all kinds of uh, strange theories. That's yeah, crazy. so it was definitely the surveillance. It was definitely the surveillance tape. The discovery of the body, of course. The police did two searches of the of the roof. They did a they set up a, a command center in the Cecil Hotel and they searched the roof, which. According to Santiago Lopez, the maintenance worker who found the body, the lid to the tank would have been open at that time, according to him in his sworn deposition. So the police searched the roof once by themselves, then with a canine unit and did not find anything. Yeah, that's uh, shocking that the dog didn't smell anything. Right. But I mean, she was submerged, so I don't know. Now, at this point, it probably would have been, I don't know what the police would have been looking for. She had been missing at this point for a few days. Uh, statistically, after 72 hours, missing person cases usually turn into uh, homicide cases or mm. something like that. Mm. There's, there's nothing else on the roof besides those tanks. So it's very unclear how they would have missed that. I would subsequently have sub- subsequently found some troubling uh, evidence uh, about some of this stuff, but we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, you said you have interviews with multiple people connected, like LAPD informants, Cecil Hotel Management. Right. Do you, can you say who those yeah. people are? Yeah, well, um, it's, it's important for one to realize that it's been virtually impossible to get anyone to speak about the case. The main detectives will not speak about the case. In oh. fact, uh, Detective Greg Stern, he blocked me on Twitter for simply <laughs> asking, uh, simply telling him, I found some troubling information. I would like to discuss the case with you. No way. Yeah, he, he blocked me. Uh, the weird. other main detective, Wallace Tennille, whose own son was murdered in Los Angeles, you know, like eight years ago or something. He retired, and I've been reluctant to reach out to him. I don't know. I 
the same way I've been reluctant to reach out to the family because the family very clearly been traumatized from this and doesn't want to speak about it. And uh, I respect that. And I, I don't want to bother them. But I believe the case at this point is transcended into a zeitgeist where it's already out there. All, right. all the all the damage, all the stigmatization against her is already out there. So what I wanted to do is is tell a more humanizing portrait of Elisa. But I'm getting off topic. You wanted to know about specific contacts. Uh, I have not been able to get a Maine detective to speak on the case. In fact, uh, the, the same guy, Greg Stern, his partner who, who worked slightly on the case, his name is Detective Tim Marcia. He was the only detective, uh, a journalist named Josh Dean wrote a great article about the case on Medium. And he got Tim Marcia to roll out, you know, a very stereotypical Occam's Razor quote that the law enforcement, they literally kneel at the altar of Occam's Razor. So I reached out to Tim Marcia uh, about the case. And, he, and I was like, you know, look, uh, I'm not trying to proliferate conspiracy theories here. I'm not trying to cause any trouble, which, of course, was a lie. But uh, <laughs> he, I said, this is about the stigmatization of mental illness. And I, I I'd wonder what your thoughts are on how this case has become such a big deal. And he was like, well, Jake, you know, I have I have some thoughts on this, but out of respect for the detectives, uh, I'm going to check with them first. Uh, sure enough, he came back and said, Greg Stearns has a blanket no-talk policy about this case. Now, this is a closed oh. case. This is not a cold case. This is closed. Yeah. Interesting. So the fact that they're being so secretive about it is extremely uh, suspicious at best. And they claim uh, that the reason is to protect the family and to protect Elisa's privacy. If you're trying to protect Elisa's privacy, why did you broadcast a surveillance video over final moments yeah, that's for, weird. For, for, for 50 million people? And the point of a tape like that is for identification and evidence. The tape does not identify her. It's blurry and pixelated. You, you couldn't make a positive ID from that. And you don't see anyone else in the video, even mm. though we know that there is another surveillance video that shows her entering the hotel with two men. They didn't show us that one. Oh, that's fascinating. They were, were they carrying the books? Was that two men carrying books for her from the last bookstore? What was the one with her yeah, with no, the men? No, the, the, the other surveillance is supposedly she enters with two men and they, they give her a box. But um, the fact of the matter is that she was she was with other people. I spoke. I did speak with uh, a man who at the last bookstore who previously no one had spoke to. Previously, the only person who said they had spoken to Lisa on that last day was the the manager of the last bookstore. And she had only positive things to say, which was lovely. Right. But I talked to another man who interacted with Elisa, who said that she was exhibiting very, very distressing, troubling behavior. So basically, I think this is leading towards mental illness and foul play are not mutually exclusive here. Right. That, that in fact, many times people become bigger targets of predators when they have mental illness. Oh, sure. Totally. Definitely. You had mentioned before also that, you know, people like Nancy Grace and other talking heads had kind of avoided this topic or her, you know, this whole conspiracy. Why do you think that is? They don't have a clear villain. You know, normally right. they like to have a, a, a Scott Peterson or an O.J. Simpson or and also she was not white. That's and there is right. there's an entire it's syndrome called i think it's called uh missing missing white woman syndrome or something like that they don't like mainstream media does not like to delve into issues of mental illness which it's impossible to discuss this case without discussing right. that 
So, yeah, I think it's that. And I don't know. It's curious. I'm hoping that, that with some of the new you know, evidence I have, hopefully it can get back on the radar a little bit. I, I'm not sure that this case can be solved, frankly, because I think there is a cover up going on. But I would say that uh, the, the purpose of the web sleuth movement at this point to me seems to be largely about transparency. And I spoke with Trisha Griffith, who runs the website Web Sleuths. She told me she knows for a fact that she traces the IP addresses of people that log into the site. And she knows that the police keep track of what's going on on these Web Sleuth forums. And um, hopefully this is leading to a more decentralized, democratized criminal justice where police cannot uh, conceal information anymore. So what do you think the Elisa Lam cover-up is? I do think she was killed by an employee of the hotel or someone in the hotel knows what happened. Someone put her body in the tank and then released the tape yeah. to say, oh, what? she was crazy. So who knows what happened right. to her? Right. So there's a couple of different theories uh, that I have. Okay. I do have a conclusion. I mean... I, I don't We'd love I, to know all the theories and have, your conclusion. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have I'm gonna have to be a little restrained simply because some of the information I have I need to be vetted by a a legal team. Oh please, so, right, sure. So that I don't get my ass sued off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, what I will say is, is that okay. I there's there's definitely I definitely believe there is a criminal cover-up going on based on some information I found. I, I, I think there's, so there's a couple different ways that this could have gone down. We interviewed a forensics expert, an independent forensics expert, Dr. John Hisero. He has an impeccable track record. And he looked at the autopsy and said, there's no water in her lungs. Oh. There's, no water in, there's no water in her stomach. Hmm. There's no water in her sinuses. Oh my god. And she was floating face up, which is very unusual in drowning cases. Oh. So he doesn't think she drowned. And if that's true, that literally changes the entire yeah. thing. Yeah. That means that, that means she was dead before she was in the water tank. Shit. Now that's the body dump theory, which is that she was she died possibly, I mean, conjecture. The autopsy did not check for uh, date rape drugs. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, so it's possible that she died elsewhere in the hotel and was concealed uh, there. One of the issues that we bring up, uh, that I bring up in the book and in the documentary, I worked with this guy named John Lorden, who runs a YouTube channel called Brain Scratch, which is really an awesome true crime channel. And he uncovered that there was actually a, a corporate merger going on the week that uh, her body was found. Uh, tens of millions of dollars worth of reinvestment. They were being basically oh, this. Yeah. absorbed there, there would would have been a financial incentive for for them to not have a body show up at the hotel right. that week. Uh, the memo announcing this came out like a few days after she was found. Right, I found that uh, memo. Oh, that's yeah. Crazy. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Furthermore, I, I I do think that it it's certainly possible that there's some kind of financial quid pro quo going on between the Cecil Hotel and the LAPD. It's it's hard to trust the autopsy at this point. You know, it's it's commonly said that look. There was no trauma to the body. Well, first of all, that's wrong. There was pooling of blood around her anus oh, that weird. has been that. Rid no. ridden off as when a body dies and decomposes, the, pre the gases inside the body can force things outward. Right. So that's their medical explanation. Well, Dr. Hisero says that 
it, it's actually a little bit more indicative of, of, of sexual assault. Right. Uh, moreover, the medical examiner who released the autopsy has uh, subsequently been uh, sued in court for falsifying an autopsy in a different case. Really? So there's just a whole constellation of anomalies that really, to me, if we're gonna if we're gonna invoke Occam's razor here, to me Occam's razor sides more on the side of of, of a criminal cover up. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like yeah. it. Oh my gosh! When I when I got involved in this case, I believe that this was an accident. I believe that this was an example of people not understanding mental illness. Right. Right. And that was my operating principle for a while, and especially when I started getting into some of the conspiracy theories. Uh, people thinking that someone used an invisibility cloak <laughs> to hunt, yeah. hunt her down or that there was some satanic cabal that was performing a ritual yeah, or that the new world order was uh, using tuberculosis for a false flag biological attack. The Lamelisa right. test. Now, there is an inter- <laughs> interesting synchronicity here, which is that there was an outbreak of tuberculosis. Yeah, it is a weird city. coincidence. It's bizarre. It's right? very yeah. weird. It's utterly just absurd. There's also something called illusory pattern perception, where you connect different anomalies and make them into a pattern that makes the world make more sense to you. There's that element to it. But I I totally believe that this was a uh, mental illness. And I I went through her blogs. I mean, uh, read hundreds of pages of her writing. Elisa, she was a really incredible writer and incredible mind. Yeah, her blogs are uh, still up, and she's yeah. like pretty funny. Like very, cl- she wrote a lot of funny, clever things. Absolutely, she was very clever, and she was also very brave to publicly document her battle with bipolar disorder. Yeah, you know, to be transparent, and this comes out in the book. For me, it's a personal thing because that that illness runs in my family. My my aunt had it. I think I'm kind of on the spectrum with it as well. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people can identify with that. Um, with, you know, mental illness is something that, you know, we don't really take all that seriously in this culture. Or it's viewed as like a pick yourself up by your bootstraps type mentality. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the arc that happened is I was like, this is all a bunch of uh, hogwash. This is, this is stigmatization of mental illness 101. And then the more I dug into it, the more I started just finding these anomalies that, you know, uh, no explanation for some of these anomalies. And the sheer amount of silence, it's, it's, it's almost like this orchestrated silence from all three vector points of information, the police, the hotel and the family. Now, again, I put no blame on the family whatsoever. They have every right to hide out and not talk to anyone. They've been traumatized enough. The police and the hotel this isn't the kennedy assassination you know <laughs> right you know just just tell us what happened explain the explain the surveillance tape explain why there's footage missing from the surveillance tape yeah that's strange the yeah. time code is a little yeah. like jumps the time code straight up cuts yeah there, there's a certain moment where the time code cuts the minute hand changes twice in seven seconds now unless it's a motion activated surveillance camera which it could be. And if that's the case, they should just release a statement saying that. But if it's not, then and it, it happened to happen right as she leaves the frame, which from a video editing perspective would be the exact perfect time to cut because nothing would change in the frame. And that could be when someone entered the hallway. Right. She could be talking to someone that whole time. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, you saying that there might be a correlation between the LAPD and the Cecil Hotel, that's 
you know, decades or whatever long could be an explanation for something like that. The police historically, according to people I've spoken to there, are very reluctant to even go inside the hotel. If, if something's being covered up, I'm determined to find out what it is because I think it's larger than just, you know, one one person. I came to the conclusion that if this is just a case of mental illness, if, if the stigmatization of it, that's really bad. What would be way worse than that is the police using someone's mental illness to cover up for a crime. Right. Yeah, that's unfortunate. This has been so illuminating. Is there anything else you want to say closing or that you want people to know that you think they should know about this case? No, no. <laughs> that's so confident. I love that. No, you've pretty it, much it, explained yeah, a I mean, lot. We've gone in depth. This has been so wonderful. Thank you so much, Jake. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. You can find me on Twitter at uh, OverTheMoonSF. You can also email me. Actually, no, I probably don't want random people emailing me. <laughs> they can message through the Kickstarter campaign. Thank you so much, Jake. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for interviewing me. I appreciate it. Of course. Of Have course. a good rest of the day. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. So thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week. I'm Ali Siegel. And I'm Melissa Stetton. Powered by ACAST. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.